Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 73 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? It's another Sunday is upon us in these crazy times. Yes, the NHL season has started. My distaste for hockey Twitter is at an all-time high. Nah, it's not at an all-time high, but it's already started. We're only two, two days in. See, drinking game, Twitter. For those wondering what I'm talking about, I'll <laughs> I'll let you know in a bit here. Um, yeah, guys, you know, here on Sunday, I like to like stare out the window and Yell about things and rant and rave. Actually, I was started to record this this morning. I wanted to get it done this morning. I'm actually recording this on Friday. Um, I took today off. I've been taking all my Fridays off. I've got to use up my vacation time before April. Of course, we didn't go anywhere this year, just like most people out there. So, uh, yeah. So I've been taking Fridays off. So I've kind of got. I'm not gonna lie, guys. I got to get really getting into these four day work weeks. But I was gonna. Uh, I was going to get, I had a bunch of stuff to do this afternoon. I got that done, actually. I had, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy I got that shit done early. But I actually wanted to go uh, record this in the morning. But here at the condo in the courtyard, right outside my window, uh, they were, I don't know what the hell they were doing, auger, the sewer system or something? I don't know what they were doing. Anyway, they had the big vac truck out here, and it was buzzing and hollering for about five hours. And, uh... Yeah, from like 8 to like 12.30. And I actually recorded a, about a half an hour of the episode. And I'm like, I don't know if the microphone will pick up the buzzing of the truck. And it kind of did. So uh, I deleted it because I'm like, I'm pretty sure you got, pretty sure you guys didn't want to listen to that. So there's already an annoying voice on the show. We don't need to add a buzz to it as well. Um, so I... It is now four four o'clock, and I'm redoing this. So, uh, yeah, not that any of you gave a shit about that, but here we are. Yeah, so today's episode. Uh, yeah, I will. Despite not watching, I will talk about a few current events. Um, more just the humor that I find in. That's sort of what the now that the season's going. That's probably what these Sunday episodes are going to probably end up being. Is me basically taking the piss out of today's uh, Twitter users and uh, self-proclaimed hockey experts and all that type of thing. But we're going to talk about that and Evander Kane. And I also have I have a very interesting list that was written. Uh, it was a couple of years old. It was off. Somebody had sent it to me though last night. Drew sent it to me last night. It's from a site called what is it? Fan Sided, and uh, basically the the author of the article. Uh, lists the toughest guy to ever play on every NHL team. And, uh, 
yeah, there's some interesting choices. Uh, so we'll go over that too. Um, but yeah, crazy times. I got my beers. I, I went to the liquor store on the way home today and I bought Lucky Buddha Enlightened Beer. www.luckydrinkcompany.com, uh, a product of China. There you go. I'm drinking Chinese beer. It's actually very good. Imported into Everett, Washington. I kind of dig the... It's like the bottle shaped like Buddha and shit. It was on sale. Well, on sale. If I said the price, my American listeners would just... Uh, they, you, they, you'd curl up into the into a fetal position and cry. The Canadian listeners are well aware... But here in Saskatchewan, actually, we in Saskatchewan, we have the highest liquor prices in Canada. This six-pack of Lucky Buddha on sale was $14 for six. Yes, there you go. I know. And you have to go to the liquor store. You can't go to Walmart here. They don't sell it in Walmarts or any convenience store, 7-Eleven or anything like that. No, you got to go to the liquor store. Um so I always say when we go down to Vegas, first thing we do is go to Walmart. You gotta buy, you gotta get, you gotta get food for the room, right? And you gotta get room beers. Yeah, picking up like twelve packs of Rolling Rock for like seven ninety nine and stuff. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, it's insane. Usually alcohol is about, uh, beer is about three times the, usually about three times the price. Yeah. Give or take. So, yeah, crazy. Anyway, what am I talking about? Oh, what's the first thing? Well, of course, the news of Evander Kane being filing for bankruptcy broke. Not that I'm uh, taking shots at anybody or kicking a guy when he's down, but I do find it, it's what do they say, Car- karma. Um,. When he's taking the pictures on the balcony at the Cosmo in Las Vegas with the brick of money to his ear like it's like it's a cell phone or he was doing push-ups with money on his back and, you know, just general douche photos a few years ago. Well, <laughs> here we are. Certainly not an uncommon thing. If anybody has seen the ESPN series 30 for 30, there was an episode on there called Broke and uh, it is astounding the number of athletes that are filing for bankruptcy and go broke. Um, like I, I read somewhere, like Evander Kane, I believe so far, you know, before tax, it was like $58 million he's made playing hockey. Well, he filed bankruptcy for $26.8 million. He lists seven dependents. So other than his wife and his child, I'm sure he's probably taking care of like, you know, siblings and his parents and has four homes, and I, I'm pretty sure the houses are probably, like, one for his parents, one for his brother, or, you know, whatever, I'm assuming. I, I really hope he doesn't own, I've never understood why anybody would own four homes. Like, you can't live in four places at once. Like, I can imagine, like, living here and then, oh, I have a winter home here, or a cabin. Okay, I get that, but, like, yeah, four houses. Anyway... I know he's he's written off of he's like 1.8 million in gambling losses. I'm sure it's probably more than that. Um, I will say, as a gambler, um, I completely understand gambling addiction. Um, I will say, I think the benefit for me was at the time I didn't realize it, but looking back on it, it's probably the best thing. 
I actually, right out of my first kind of real job, my first full-time real job, I mean, I hauled beer, I did all that, did labor stuff, like, you know, just to earn extra cash on weekends or whatever during high school or whatever. But out of high school, my first real full-time 40-hour-a-week job was I worked at the casino here in Saskatoon. And um, that gave me... So by working at the casino means I couldn't play at the casino. So another, at the time, pissed off, but at the t- looking back on it now, probably a good thing. Um, I actually, I saw a lot of... I dealt, I saw and dealt with a lot of sad cases. Addicted gamblers. I saw people at the very rock bottom lose houses. Um, self-ban themselves, be kicked out, try to sneak back in. Um, you know, like I said, it's like anything. It's like alcoholism, drug use. It's an addiction, right? And I mean, the majority of society has no problem. They can come in, spend their money, and go home. But there's always the, the portion that's going to be addicted, right? Same as alcohol and whatever. So... I think in C, and I'm a gambler. I like to gamble like everybody who listens to the show knows. I go to Vegas every year. Well, not this year, unfortunately, which is another reason why I have so many holidays. Um, but I, I go to Vegas once a year. Every year we go. Um, I, I gamble on sports. And uh, um, anyway, point being is um, I think after seeing that and live and seeing what it does to people, it really keeps my gambling in check because I do have a somewhat addictive personality. And uh, and anybody who gambles knows we've all done it. We've all chased. We've all gone on tilt, right? We've chased the dragon. Um, we've had moments where, you know, we went left to the, the bank machine instead of going straight out the door at the casino. But at the same time, I mean, I've never had creditors chasing me or filed for bankruptcy, but I had a couple nights where I probably spent too much money at the casino. Um, you know, but at the same time, I recognize that. And same thing when my wife and I go down to Las Vegas, we cash all our money, or like we take cash down there, American money, and uh, that's ours to spend. We've saved it throughout the year, what have you, um, and that's ours basically to lose. We expect. I always say when we go down to Vegas, expect to lose that. If you come home with anything or more, you whatever. But we go down there, that's our vacation, this is what we're going to spend. And all the years that we've gone down, my wife and I have never went to a bank machine, we've never used our credit cards, we pay cash for everything. At the end of the trip, we pay for the rental car and the hotel, cash, what have you. There's been a few years we've come back with more money, those were good Those were good trips. Those are few and far between though. But at the same time, we get home, the mortgage will get paid, the car loan will get paid, you know, we're okay. But we've it took me a few years, or it took me, I think, probably seeing the real sad shit to realize that. And, uh, yeah, so, anyway, to go back on point about Evander Kane, uh, I understand the gambling addiction. And, uh, and of course, when it comes to millions of dollars, I've never had that problem. So, I've always been on a budget and had to watch my money and everything else. I mean, my wife, we make middle, you know, we're middle, comfortable middle class people, you know, but at the same time, we do still have to bargain shop and look at price tags and, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm sure what, once you get into that 1%, um, it's probably very easy to spend at the same time, you know, 26.8 million. Yeah. Come on, man. What are you doing? You know? So, 
but again, it's easy to, I'm not going to kick a guy when he's down, but, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a Kane guy, I always thought he was a douchebag way back when, my boy Carson there wrote, I remember writing that article years ago, and all the shit he caught online, oh, what is it, prophetic, how, uh, how right you were, my friend, how right you were, and, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, but unfortunately, nobody, I don't want to see that to anybody, you know, you know, I feel, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's young, he still has the contract, he can make the money back, and, you know, what have you, and, uh, but yeah, but yeah, all that money, I mean, you know, for the, for the general population out there, you hear that, and it's like, ah, you know, I have a tough time feeling sorry for you, bro, but anyway, well, as I said, the season's back on, of course, people listening, um, I'm sure we have, obviously I have listeners that watch it and are excited and, you know, whatever. I'm not watching, I don't give a shit, but I mean, whatever, you're watching, that's cool. Um, I did laugh, like I always say, um, well, yeah, what was it, um, when I was talking about Twitter, and that gets brought up in terms of the, um, when I said about the drinking game. Okay, uh, Jay from Finland, who was, I had on this show previously, um, he put a really funny thing up on Twitter the other day. I was laughing. Um, it was a drinking game. And uh, it involves myself, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles, and Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast. We all love and appreciate the podcast brought to brought to, brought to to us by Coliseum uh, Sin Bin, Fourth Line Voice, Five for Fighting. Uh, so to celebrate our podcast, here's the Enforcer-based podcasting drinking game. Yeah, take a swig every time when Darren or Alex says, oh, absolutely. Joe Lazito says, correct. Darren says, yeah, you know, um, no. <laughs> Joe Lazito talks about the Fisherman Jersey or Mike Milbury. Alex says, how, how was, how was it fighting where you hear Darren or Alec open a new beer? You won't hear, I've already popped the bottle caps off these. Uh, <laughs> Darren horse laughs. I didn't think I had a, what's a horse laugh? I've. I don't think I had a horse laugh. Oh, maybe I do. Joe Lozito talks about Tchaikovsky and Miko Makala. Jerseys is jerseys. Um, Alec mentions Chris Nyland or the LNAH. Darren says, like I said, Joe Lozito says old school. Alec talks about game-worn jerseys. Darren says Twitter. There you go. I think you'd, you'd already had about five shots by now. You're going to have probably about a 28 more. And Joe Lozito says anything about the Rangers, which is true. I also said on this, I said, um, if you had uh, included... Back at me saying back in the day, I said before the episode was even done, somebody'd be having alcohol poisoning. But that's funny. The 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 fight podcast drinking game. Thank you, Jay. Um, anybody who is on Twitter, I'm going to keep saying Twitter. Now you got me self conscious about saying Twitter. But if you're on Twitter and you follow uh, Pillow Punchers Limited on Twitter, he posts outstanding newspaper old newspaper articles. Um, it's great. I love reading that old stuff. And if you're an old fight fan or enjoy, just enjoy the history of it, definitely check his feed out. Tremendous. He had stuff up from like 1920 newspapers. I'm talking about like Sprague Claghorn and stuff like that. Check it out. It's fucking awesome. And, uh, yeah, speaking of Twitter, fourth, I mean, I'll do this now. I should have done this at the start, but I'll do it now. Fourth line voice on Twitter. Uh, follow me. Uh, if you have any comments about the show or a guest or what have you, my DMs are open as the kids say. If you're not on social media and you want to get a hold of me, 
Hockey fights at Hotmail. That's right. I still have a Hotmail account. But I had it since like 1998. What a, or 97? It was like my first Hotmail, my first email address. But hockey fights at Hotmail. How can you get? That's like the best fucking email address. Hockey fights at Hotmail.com. Seriously, drop me a line. Let me have some comments of the show, good, bad, or otherwise. Please uh, let me know. Um, I really, if you have old footage, get a, or any footage, get a hold of me. If it's on VHS tape, don't throw it away. Seriously, get a hold of me. Um, if you're looking for something, I have a million fight DVDs. If I don't have it, I'm sure I know someone that has it. Um, I'll send you some DVDs. If you guys are listening and you want fight DVDs, drop me a line. I'll send them to you. Long as, as long as you're not like friggin' Searson in fucking England. I mean, I sent the, what would you say? December 8th, he hasn't got him yet. I'm like, holy shit, what are you fucking jogging him over? Like, they're count, John, I sent them. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Jesus. Like, we're going on, uh, like a month? More than a month. Like, holy shit. So. But no, seriously, if you guys want some DVDs or something, let me know. If I'm talking about a DVD or on the YouTube channel or whatever, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, over 2,200 fights. Check them out. Got everything from junior to pro. Um, subscribe to the channel. Seriously, I'm, I I don't upload. I should I should try to upload more often. I try to do it once a couple times a week. I'll, I'll put five or six new fights up. Um, if I go on a binge, maybe I'll do that tonight. I'll put some more stuff up. But yeah, you could go on for days. I got them all sorted and stuff. Whatever league you're looking for. Um, but yeah, going back to the email. Yeah, just if you're not on Twitter. Um, yeah, email me. I'd love to, if you have old footage, please let me know. Um, if you have fight pictures or just tough guy pictures from anything, any league, whatever, I'd love to see them. Please, I collect that stuff. I'm a picture guy. Everybody that listens to this knows this by now. I'm a picture guy. So please, I love collecting that stuff. Also, if you collect pictures or you want a picture for your wall for your office or your man cave or whatever i have thousands of pictures getty images it doesn't have to be a tough guy you want a fucking picture of paul coffee i can get you a picture of paul coffee trust me i got a million i got a million pictures but if you're looking for tough guys hey i'll hook you up i can i'll email it over to you you can print them off they print off great they're high resolution boom frame them put them up you want them get them autographed whatever you can do that. I sent, I've sent millions of pictures to people. So whatever you're looking for, let me know. Also, but, like I said, I'm on the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 40 uh, shows. Uh, all the NHL teams are represented on the network. There's a podcast for every team. So whatever fan, whatever team you're a fan of, check them out. There's a show for you. In terms of the, on the original content side, there's myself, Terry Ryan, Brad Lieb. Uh, definitely check, check us, check those cats out. I was say, check me out, you're already listening to me. But check those dudes out for my non-network friends. Of course, I brought him up earlier, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, of course, he had just put an, he just put a, um, kind of an update interview, or interview, update, uh, episode, just letting everybody know what was going on. Uh, Joe, unfortunately, his wife and his son caught COVID. Uh, but it, it sounds like they've all, they're recovering, bounced back. Um, so, which was great to hear. Um, yeah. And, uh, Joe just talked, just updated everybody about what was going on. Um, so that was great to hear. I know he's back in the saddle in terms of interviewing people. Um, so now that he's healthy and stuff, I'm sure there'll be something coming out soon, but I'm glad to hear Joe is back and doing well. And, uh, then Alec over at five for fighting, 
Again, he had COVID, bounced back, him and his wife. It sounds weird to say his wife now. His wife and his family members, which was great to hear. I know um, there was some, there was, uh, he was okay, but there was some tough shit there for a while. So I'm glad to hear they recovered. Um, he also, he moved, he got married. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a busy cat down there in fucking Lando Lakes, Florida. I think that's where the butter's made, isn't it? Something like that. He's one of them Florida guys, you know, and that Florida is just, just living in Florida itself has got to be exhausting. Crazy times down there, you know, Mad Max times down there. But no, he's bounced back. I know he, inter- I'm not going to say who, but I know he did do it. He has interviewed a player. He hasn't finished. So I'm, I'm assuming that the episode will be up any day now. Um, so I'm glad he's back. And yeah, and then of course, Fred and Dave over at the Slewfoot Hockey Show and Dan, Paul and Kelly at the Obey the Puck Show. Um, for your current hockey news from all the different leagues, from junior and the women's hockey and the NHL and the minors and all that stuff. And like I said, there you go. And not that I'm watching current hockey, but I like those people and I do listen to their shows. See, that's the thing. That's why I value those shows because I don't have to watch the bullshit. I could just, but I stay informed. I'm on top of things here. That's the thing. If you're going to have a podcast and you're going to bring the information to the people, do some bloody research and know what the hell you're talking about. Or at least if you don't know, pretend you know. Because that seems to be a common theme. Let's, let's get into. All right. As I said, bouncing around Twitter. I've two days in and I've already found NHL Twitter to be exhausting and nauseating. Um, like I said, every hit now is scrutinized. There should be a suspension and predatorial hit and... You know, how can you target someone's head when the guy ducks down to, like, waist level? Yeah, you hit him in the head. Oh, you're targeting. Well, I mean, he crouched down and made himself five foot three. I don't know if that's really targeting, but okay, sure. Yeah, so we're going to play that bullshit game. So that'll be going on all year. Oh, and then, of course, the Leafs or whoever, they were all crying about... the Weber was cross-checking Matthews in front of the net, and all oh, it was atrocious. And then they were crying, so, oh, you can't do that. So, of course, I talked about... Oh, I guess you can't fucking cross-check, you can't do this. And Of course, I get the response from the one guy, well, just use body position and active sticks. And Okay, well, I know you played and you're a coach and whatever. I get what you're saying, but you could tell me, tell me, sir. Well, that and you were a forward when you played, so, okay. Body position, as he's standing in front of your goalie, okay? Don't lean on anybody, just get body position on him, okay? And, and an active stick. I think you've been watching, fuck. Could you, you know, throw some more cliches around, coach? You know, you gotta, you gotta lean on someone. Unfortunately, technically by the letter of the law, that would be obstruction or interference. Would it not be? What, even what you described? So if we went to the letter of the law by the rule book, you, fuck, there'd be a penalty every 18 seconds. Now, I'm not saying that the cross-checks in front... See, that's what they always say. Everybody says it's so literal. Okay, I'm not saying... We should just have a goddamn Royal Rumble in the crease. I'm not saying that. But at the same time... This isn't wreck. This isn't pond... hmm. Okay. (laughs) It's not supposed to be wreck or pond... You you should have to face a little bit of an uphill battle to stand in front of the net. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't a fucking timeshare, you know, a decrease. But, anyway. But anyway, that was all the crying here. And But I laugh, and then I also, and this is actually posted, or tweeted, 
uh, by somebody that has a podcast and just reading the profile on the podcast. Oh, diehard fans and for knowledge and expertise. Oh, fuck. Whatever. The Blackhawks. Yeah, it was some Blackhawk podcast when reading his tweets. Oh, but he has... I, I, I think... I wonder if management gets a hold of this guy and asks him for fucking his thoughts on a certain trade or line combinations. But he was keeping his... uh. He was keeping an eye on camp there to see what was happening and uh, the different line combinations and who they should go with and the zone entries from the previous day's inter-squad game. And, oh, yeah. Anyway, there was a fight in Blackhawks camp. You know. Why? What do you, what do you mean, why? What, why? Why would you fight in camp? Was his exact tweet. Not sure why these individuals are fighting in camp. Okay. Right there tells me you've never played a fucking sport in your life or never tried out for anything anyway. You don't know why. I don't know what else to say. I don't know. You don't know why. Really? But you're the same goof. And anybody can have a podcast these... Well, clearly. Don't... I realize the irony. Thank you. Anybody can have a podcast these days. The lack of self-awareness on... Maybe it's just society is astounding to me. These clowns will do a podcast or they tweet or they're journalists. We're getting to those clowns. They just write bullshit. And it's amazing. Oh, the self-importance is amazing to me. And, it, you know, it's... Well, what, like, what? what's the old saying? Like... Um, opinion. Like I get, okay, everyone has an opinion. Sure, but opinion is also the lowest form of human knowledge. Like you can form an opinion with little to no information, and then you walk around so, or then you go around social media spouting off like it's fact, when it's nothing more than like theory and assumption, right? But people have made livings off of this. Hell, you can get a fucking gig on Sportsnet doing that. Amazing. And then when someone with knowledge, who has done the exercise, who's done the sport, and been involved, and been in the bench, and been in the locker room, rode the bus, says something about a situation, these same douchebags, no, that's, no, Don Don Cherry's a dinosaur, what does he know? Really? We're going to play that game? What does Don Cherry know? And then, of course, oh, we got to have the old man yelling at clouds meme. you got to throw that one out there. Now, do I agree with everything Don Cherry says? No. Am I going to say Don Cherry doesn't know what he's talking about? Absolutely not. I would never say that. Anybody who does say that is just a fucking clown. You don't have to agree with him. I'm not saying you have to agree with him. But you have to acknowledge his. he is an expert. He played pro hockey for 15 years. He was... Coach of the year in the NHL. Coach of the year in the American Hockey League. has He's in the top five for coaches for winning percentage of all time. See, I think these new age these new age fans, they just look at him like, oh, he's the crazy guy in the suit with the little white dog that yells on TV. And he's a homophobe and a xenophobe. And he's a, Do you have any clue what he was before Hockey Night in Canada? Well, I'm, it's rhetorical. No, you don't. So to say he doesn't know, you sound like a fucking moron. 
You don't have to agree with him. You can be happy he's off TV. Whatever. Okay. But don't say he doesn't know. You sound like a moron. I laughed though. HockeyNet in Canada registered its lowest ratings of all time last year. And Don Cherry was the number one hockey podcast in Canada. Ah! Ah, yes. Are we seeing, are we seeing the connection at all? And the error of your ways, you morons. But this is what happens when you listen to the outrage, when you listen to cancel culture. These same clowns, they're not watching your product anyway. So why would you listen to them? But it's people getting involved in recreational outrage. And they, they go, they, they, they spend their life being outraged. What can you do? You know, like it, they wake up in the morning offended. And these are the people you cater to. Then you wonder why your product suffers. But anyway, that's for another story. But yes, so Don, so the point I'm getting to, well, not only these, why are they fighting in camp? These idiots. But of course, the least first game of the year, Wayne Simmons fights. Okay. I love first fight in the first game with the Leafs. Uh, it took the Leafs 31 games last year to register their first fight. Uh-huh. Anyway, so Wayne Simmons fights. Joe Thornton, Marner, uh, numerous players all said that really got him going. The Leafs came back and won in overtime. At the time of the fight, I think they were down two goals. Of course, everybody likes to point out, well, I think it was the four power plays that got him back in the game. Uh, yeah. But the guys who were on the bench felt like when you, when you're on a soft team the year before, few years before, and I know there's Leaf fans listening, oh, you didn't know what he's talking about, you didn't watch hot. It is noted. The Leafs had a soft, well, I just said it took them 31 games last year to get into a fight. They were in the bottom quarter of the league in fights and hits. So clearly they're not physical. So shut the fuck up. I don't need to watch to know, to know what I'm talking about. That, you want to get about stats, you all like your analytics. Well, there's some goddamn numbers for you. So no, they're soft as shit. And I don't have a, I don't give a fuck about any of these teams. I'm just telling you how it is. Anyway, so Simmons fights. Okay. So these guys know. Oh, well, the Stevie Dangles of Damian Cox, a bunch of these other media fucking clowns. Chime in. Oh, I thought, here we go with the cliche and oh, fighting does this and Don Cherry the dinosaur of Cox is just already crying. Cause he knows. How is this guy employed again? I don't understand. Who employs this person? And then Stevie Dangle. Oh, Stevie the good guy. He's a nice guy. I will say, Stevie Dangle. Why is he? Stevie Glenn is his name. Stevie Dangle. Dangle's his nickname. I don't understand where he got the, is it like, like a set of nuts dangling? Is that the is that his nickname? Because sure as, he can't even fucking skate, so it's not from hockey. So what's dangling? I don't understand. Anyway, he's smart enough now that he has a job on Sportsnet. He won't motherfuck anybody on social media. He's not going to do that. But he's the he's the fucking undercover backhanded fucking bullshit tweets. See, I already had a run in with him on Twitter a couple years ago, and he tried to fucking smart off and. Oh, he's going to act all fucking smart, and he knows. When he actually fucking drove home my point even more. So I said, you call these guys out on their bullshit. Normally, I don't fucking give a shit what he says. But he said some stupid shit. And then I commented how 
in the 80s and star players weren't abused like Crosby is and stuff like that. I said Sackick and Eiserman and Gretzky and them, they didn't get abused like the players do now. Like the Austin Matthews, like I said, in front of the net last night by Weber. The other guys didn't get abused like that. He's arguing, so his argument is, is to send me a video clip of Gretzky getting hit. Well, first of all, the stupid motherfucker sends a clip from my YouTube page, first of all. And he proved right, and all, all it was is Gretzky getting bumped up against the boards and like shoved. That's abuse there, Stevie. And then of course his little minions get involved. Oh, you got dunked on. What's, speak English, what does that mean? Oh, he showed you. Oh, yeah, did he ever? Yeah, you know what he showed me? That he's a moron that doesn't know what he's talking about. You know. No, abused idiot. Like, how many concussions did those guys have from getting hit and cross-checked and elbowed? I'll wait. Exactly. None. So, stop. Anyway. But he won't say any, Like, he won't. Oh, fourth line, boy, you're full of shit. Fuck you. He won't say that. But he's like, he's the guy at work that will, like, Walking away under his breath bullshit. And even he'll tweet this under, this backhanded, and he tries to be a little slarmy about it. Like a little snarky. He's snarky. That's what it is. He's like a Karen. Snarky. And then everybody thinks he, and then he thinks he's so fucking clever. Everybody, oh, he's, oh yeah, Stevie. Yeah. But I laughed. Somebody called, somebody called him a fucking, uh, an analyst. He's a sports analyst. Stevie Dangle. Damien Cox's sports journalism. Yeah. I Damien Cox is to journalism as German shit porn is to cinema. Anyway. But yes, when it comes to the Wayne Simmons thing, if the players and everyone involved said it fired up the band, then it did. Who are we listening to? Dangle and Damien Cox? Who are sitting up in the press bar or in the couch at home. Or the actual players. I'm, I'm just curious. It's embarrassing. And spe- and like, and that's the thing with Dangle. Like, so the guy made his, has made his career off of making obnoxious YouTube videos in the basement. Okay. Hey, whatever. But somebody at fucking Sportsnet thought that was so great. We'll put him on, we're going to put him on TV. Like, I've heard people want him to replace Don Cherry on Coach's Corner. We oh, put Dangle, like, are you, well, like, your your ratings are already tanked. Yeah, put that goof on the air. Like, are we serious? And I, who listen? I like, even his show, like, I remember at work a couple times, like, we'd be working in the shop and we each take turns what we're going to play. And guys have played his show before, his podcast. And I'm like, who listens to this shit? Like, it's a, it's a bunch of fucking ignorant, buff- but I, I guess I'm answering my own question. Like I, I always say, I guess with podcasts like that, not just him with, but with anybody, <clears throat> not blessed with self awareness. Um, I, I guess it's they're listening to themselves because it's them and their friends sitting around the basement. Now I don't know why they're playing that guy, and that's that's a lousy defensive pairing, and you know what they should be doing, and oh yeah, 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 and they all sit around and. Fucking, they're all the coach, the armchair coaches. So I guess that's why they listen to that show because he's talking to them. So I guess, I mean, that's a market. I mean, obviously he's written a book and he's on Sportsnet and he's making money from it. And, you know, here I am sitting here drinking on sale beer and sitting in my back room of a fucking condo. So, okay. 
you know, fuck me, I guess. But I'm like, I, I just don't know who listens to that horse shit. You know, really. I don't get it. But. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's the way of the world, I guess. But, I mean, I go on and on about Stevie Dangle. But, I mean, if he was around in the 80s and 90s and was, like, talking, like, he'd be fucking laughed at. And, like, thrown out the back door. Like, no one would take him seriously. It's like, why is this, why is this buffoon on TV? Like, but now, I guess, it's just this new age mentality. It's a, it's a fucking clown show. Like, he gets out of his fucking clown car and yells and screams on a, in a camera. And runs around and yells about the Leafs and jumps up and down and paints his face. And, he's a fucking clown shoe. But, Hey, he probably makes six figures and, you know, a hundred grand on Sportsnet and whatever. I, I, I don't get, but I mean, that, this is what people want, I get. Well, I don't know what the ratings are. I guess some people, a segment of the population wants. But I don't know. I guess if it's this generation, I mean, they grew up with, you know, everything's look at me and camera, like everything's on camera now with phones and, so I guess these people at that age in your early like in your teens and early twenties, I mean, these people for as long as they can remember, they've been filmed or they've been on video or they've been filming things with their phones and shit. You know, I come from a completely different we didn't have that shit. Thank God we didn't have fucking cell phones back then. Um, you know. So but it's it's a look at me culture. So I guess and people don't give a shit, like there's no why act professional about anything or you know it's look at me and the biggest buffoon wins, I guess. I don't know. But if that's what he's doing, if that's winning, I guess he's winning. But, I mean, I don't get it. And, it's, and I mean, it's not just him. I mean, just look at the shit that goes viral online and, you know, and people with YouTube channels and stuff. I mean, you know, I, there's a le- and even with podcasting, and I'm including myself in this, I guess, there's there there is a level of narcissism that comes with it, I guess. But um, you know, I guess you have to check why you're doing why are you doing what you're doing. Um, you know, I guess I like to hear myself talk. I suppose um, and just, but I you know I like to bring interviews with people. I mean, I get my interview show isn't about me. That's about whoever I'm interviewing. Um, you know, but course i don't claim to have all the answers either i'm just simply pointing things out and having my opinion like i said but um i'm also well aware that having never played or anything like that i mean i'm not i'm not sitting here telling players what to do you know so you know i i just don't um i yeah again this whole fucking just look at me and go like i i was reading there was a article and then somebody then the, the the comment was, and of course this has been for the last few years, <clears throat> the NHL does a very poor job at selling itself, doesn't market its stars, and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> well, I said every time I turn on my TV, fucking Crosby and McKinnon are going through the Tim Hortons parking lot in a Zamboni. <clears throat> I see them all the time. Um, outside of player interviews, I mean, NHL show, I mean, they do post-game. I don't, I don't know what much, what more you want. At the same time, you have most of these guys are just small town guys. You're not going to get them to act like buffoons. And I, and I mean, during the game and stuff, when are they supposed to? There's no breaks in hockey. 
It's not on football where, got, shit, every play there's somebody dancing around like a moron. Always makes me laugh. The running back picks up eight yards and the linebacker who tackled him jump, gets up and dances like he did something. Motherfucker, the guy gained eight yards. Second and two and you're dancing around like you, you made a goal line stop. Fucking idiots. Again, it goes to fucking look at me culture, right? Everyone's a buffoon. Teams losing 8-1 in the majors in a, in a nothing game in June. This clown hits a solo home run and he's bat flipping like he won the World Series. Like, you know, oh, I saw a video of top 20 bat flips on me. No, it was actually, no, it was on the Major League Baseball Network. Top 10 bat flips of 2020. Are we fucking for real? Does anyone not act, like, does no one act like they've done it before? Is that just a phrase that just, it goes over this generation of athletes' heads? And I'm like, oh, no fun, you're no fun. You know, it has nothing to do with that. It's just, you look like a fucking goof. Like, I'm not saying you can't high-five and go by the bench after you score a goal. Whatever. I'm not saying don't do that. But you have to jump up against the boards and fucking ride your fucking stick and wipe the hand. Pretend it's on fire and, and, and the stupid... Why? 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 Oh, that sells the game. That doesn't sell the game. You know what sells the game? The fucking game! You wonder why your ratings are in the toilet? Because their fucking game sucks. And these fucking new age fans, oh, it's so much better, it's so fast, and, you know, okay. Clearly no one gives a shit, look at the ratings. You know, you sell your product, make it fucking watchable. That's how you sell the product. Not, oh, let's sit through the regular season, but wait until the playoffs, because then that's when it gets good. What other, what other major sport is like that? Boring as shit in the regular season, but then the, the, the game got better in the playoffs. Baseball, basketball, football, none of the, it, it's all the same all the time. In hockey, you sleep through the fucking regular season. Ah, there might be an odd game when something happens and they might get a little mad. And then, but when the playoffs come, oh boy, here we go, we're gonna have some hitting and some fighting. Yeah, hitting anyway. And some, well, some fucking emotion. But after the six months leading up to it, though, fuck, you can hear a mouse piss on cotton most nights. And you wonder why your ratings are in the toilet. And you can go on Fox, rivalry night, and yell all you want. Oh, yeah, Carolina and Columbus, yeah, rivals, oh, here we go. Yeah, one one, one, one hit by accident, and the guy's probably saying, sorry, bro, after he did it. You know, no one's mad at anybody. Now, having said that, with this shortened schedule here, 56 games, 8 games in your own division. They don't play outside the division. 8 games, or with 7 games against 18. Whatever the fuck it is, you play everybody either. 7 times or 8 times. Okay. We might start seeing some heat now. This might create some rivalries. You play a motherfucker 8 times, you're going to want to kill him by the end of it. But at the same time, if you were a cupcake at the start of the season, you ain't going to be fucking a killer by the end of it. You know, once a cupcake, always a cupcake. You might get mad and have a slap fight, but at the end of the day, boys, these guys are, like, they're not fighting. They've never fought before. Just because you've played someone seven times doesn't mean you're going to start fighting. You can't paint stripes on a house cat and call it a tiger. doesn't work that way. But, oh, oh they'll be fighting. Who's fighting? Who's going to fight? Well, Wayne Simmons fought. Well, Wayne Simmons has fought before. Reeves will fight, Wilson will fight, Ross Johnson will fight, Matt Martin will fight. Well, those guys have all fought before. But just because you played Montreal eight times, is Austin Matthews going to have enough of Shea Weber and fight him? Can't see it. 
So, but it'll be interesting. We'll see. But one fight and all of a sudden everyone starts yelling old time hockey and hockey's back and everything else. Oh, you guys just cling. You get so desperate for something. You just want to cling so hard. It's not happening. There might be a couple fights here and there, but I'm sure Tuchuk and Cassian might get at it a little bit. But other than that, yeah. But it'll be interesting. But yeah. Sell the game. Yeah. Like I said, make the product better. That's what'll sell the game. Yeah, we don't we don't need Drew Dowdy TikTok videos to sell the NHL. No one's gonna watch that. What what sport? Oh hockey. I should tune into a game to see this fellow. Three minutes into watching it, oh this is kinda of boring. Click. Yeah. No. Make your product better. We're about selling the game. It's the fastest game. They're wearing pads and visors. You can't tell who's who anyway. I will say I'm mic'd up. Mic'd up might work. That'll work. Because I think people will enjoy the people enjoy those. You know, in a behind the scenes now and again. But just just because they don't act like fucking buffoons. Some do. PK Subban's really good at acting like a buffoon. Probably why he's been on three teams. No one likes him. But just saying. That's what I've heard. I'm just saying. I'm just reporting what's told to me. But uh, you know. And there yeah, there's some obviously there's some outspoken guys and there's some guys that like the limelight and whatever. That's like anything. But for the most part, well hockey culture well yeah, you want to scream about hockey you you scream about hockey culture all the time. That's ingrained in hockey culture. It's a very much team sport. Um, where there's individuals, well, there, well, I should say this, there used to be characters in the game because there was defined roles and each, there was a characteristic to each of those roles, I think. Now it's so cookie cutter. These guys are all the same. After the first line, after the top, the scoring, after the first line and the first defense pairing, it's pretty much cookie cutter after that. These guys are all interchangeable. So I think it, it yes, it, in that sense, it does get very bland. But and there used to be characters. There used to be the Schultzes and the Tiger Williams and the Ty Domies and Eddie Shacks and and stuff like that. No, there isn't anymore. You know, so it's but it, in hockey culture, yeah, you're not you're not going to see it. Now, maybe in 10 or 15 years, I mean, oh, well, I don't know, maybe the surge at the Hurricanes game will catch on and all the teams will be doing it. I don't know. You know, whatever. But as the more as the more look-at-me culture progresses on, perhaps, we'll see. But I won't be doing this to be talking about it, so you won't have to listen to me cry about it, I guess. But, I don't know. I always remind, what, there's a, uh, a famous quote by Bruce Lee, that uh, showing showing off is a fool's idea of glory. So, anyway, uh, what what have I what have I talked about? I talked about the bankruptcy, inner squad fight, Simmons. Yeah, uh, what was? Oh yeah, 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 the top fighters. Okay, by Nick Hendrickson. This is, like I said, it's a couple years old, but let's go through each team here. Anaheim. Who is the, like this is the toughest guy for every in every franchise. Now, see, this is I will say I will preface this when I went through it and I kind of thought, well, that's who, this is who I would pick. Um, uh, like a Probert, okay, is he the toughest guy the Red Wings have ever had? Yes. 
Is he the toughest guy the Blackhawks have ever had? Yes. So it's like, I suppose he could be on two, right? And guys that got traded around. So, I mean, okay. Anyway, let's just go through this. Anaheim. George, George Peros. I'm not knocking George. I like George. George is all right. I never thought George was much of a fighter, though. We fought everybody. I'll give him that. But uh, eh, I'd, I would probably go with Grimson or, or Jim McKenzie myself. This is a <clears throat> Arizona. Phoenix. Arizona. <laughs> Keith the Chuck. <laughs> oh, come on now. Now, he was a great power forward, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But best fighter? Oh, come on now. I mean, just in Phoenix. Now, I'm not even talking, because there is a Winnipeg on here, so I'm not even going to include, I won't include the Jets on this, but, I mean, you've got um, Brad May, George LaRock, Josh Gratton, Jim McKenzie again, Louis DeBrusque, uh, hell, Bissonette. They'd all be better picks than Keith DeChuck. But uh, Boston, Terry O'Reilly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, you could have Jonathan or Jay Miller or Sean Thornton or Winsick, but yeah, I'd go with Taz. Buffalo, Rob Ray. Mm. Yeah, him or Larry Playfair. Uh, Calgary, Tim Hunter. Yeah, I'd say so. You could have Sandy McCarthy. Sandy McCarthy could make an argument too, but for the long as you have uh, Tim Hunter, yep. Um, Carolina slash Hartford. <laughs> Tory Robertson. I will say, I will give the, I, I was very surprised with this. Uh, Tory Robertson is not a name that would get thrown out, so I appreciate his deep cuts and his B-side. Uh, I wouldn't have picked Tory Robertson, but I, I was I was digging that his name got mentioned. But no. Um, you know. Yeah, well, especially Hartford. I mean, you know, you get fucking Fatio or Howard or... Um, fucking hell, if you want to... Ed Castellic. How many times has Ed, Ed Cast Is it Castellic or Castellic? Been mentioned on a podcast. He has been now. You know, even him. Jansen's... Uh, McKenzie. Hell, Jim was in Hartford. Uh, Scott Daniels, I don't Chase was in Hartford, Nick Fatio was in Hartford, you know, uh, yeah. Satori Robertson, no. But I, I dig the fact that then his name was mentioned. Um, Chicago, he had Probert, so, yeah. But, I mean, you have Grimson. Grimson would kind of, had, didn't come into his own until he left Chicago. But Stu, um, you know, Kimball was in Chicago, mm, you know, um, Ben Wilson, you know, can make that argument for sure. Peluso, um, I'm not putting, like, obviously, I think Ben Wilson's tougher than Mike Peluso, I'm just throwing out names here, um, Battleship Kelly, there's a name for the old timers, uh, Kurt Fraser, so, yeah, Colorado, Cody McLeod, come on now, I like, and I like Cody McLeod, nothing wrong with Cody, he did his job, tough guy, but, you know, I mean, when you include Quebec in that, I mean, Chris Simon, Wade Belock, Darren Kimball, Scott Parker, I probably, eh, I don't know who I'd put. Parker? I don't know, am I being biased though? But I'd probably put Parker. Mm. Him or Simon. Colorado, Jared Bull. Or not Colorado, pardon me. Columbus, Jared Bull. Um, eh. I mean, yeah, for longevity and stuff, I'd, I'd probably say Jody Shelley though. I think Shelley's a better fighter than Jared Bull. I like Jared Bull though. Um, Dallas slash Minnesota. Basil McRae. Yeah, you know. For longevity, I guess. But, I mean, you know, you had Mark Tenorti, Dave Richter, Jack Carlson, Shane Churla. Um, for long, I'd probably put Churla just for longevity because I think Churla could beat Basil. But um, it was interesting. Detroit, he put Gordie Howe. Mm, you know. 
<clears throat> it's interesting. I'd like to. Of course, there's no footage or whatever, and all you have is you have stories, and of course the. I don't want to say the myth because that's not the right word. Um, the legend of Gordy, of course, always the conqueror of men and never lost, and Gordy killed everybody. I don't think he really. I don't think he really fought that much. Um, I know everybody talks about the Fontenotto fight and whatever. There's mixed stories on that. If you actually do some any investigation, I mean, everybody talks. Oh, Gordy killed him. From all accounts, you know, depends what account you read. Other accounts that I've read is Fontenotto did pretty good. Gordy beat him, but it wasn't the one-sided beating that you know Red Wing fans like to. Whenever they talk about how oh Fontenotto, they always bring that. In. It's like when you mention Scott Park or someone yells Probert. You mention Gordy Howe fighting, and they talk about Fontenotto just because it was such a famous fight. And there's a picture of. You know, Fontenotto in the in the hospital with the broken nose and whatever, and you know, but it is rumored that he gave it to you know he landed some shots too. It wasn't a one sided beating like everybody goes on about. But at the same time, I mean, Gordy, I think Gordy was he was definitely dirty with the well, he even said you know with the elbows and stuff he was dirty. He had to be back then. But I don't think they actually there wasn't a lot of drop the gloves square off fights. There just wasn't back then. Um, certainly not as much as I think. Has, people like to say, think there was. So, no, as the time, he's a big power forward guy, obviously, whatever, I'm not knocking, yeah, I'm not knocking Gordy Howe, I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I would probably put Bob Brobert as the toughest guy to ever play with the Red Wings, uh, not Gordy Howe, but, I mean, or Joey Koser, if you want to do that, you know, you want to put, you want to just do one each, case. Probert can go be Chicago and Joey can be Detroit then, but, uh, yeah. Edmonton, George Larocque. I'd agree with that. But, you know, you have the history there with Semenko and McSorley and Dave Brown. I mean, really, how do you go wrong with any of those guys? But uh, Florida, Pete Worrell, yeah. I would have said Paul Laws myself, but either or. L.A., McSorley, yeah, pretty much, yep. Uh, Minnesota was Bugard because they went with the Wild. Um, Boogie, yeah. I mean, you could have Matt Johnson in there. Um, Yeah, but I would say Boogie. Montreal, John Ferguson, the original enforcer. Um, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, again, I'm just going by history and from all, there is some video of Ferguson fighting though, and he, he looks good in all the fights. Um, and by all accounts, um, very tough dude, but I mean, you have old line, Todd Ewan, Roberge, um, you know, Nyland, Chris, yeah, Nyland too. Um, you know, um, Nashville, Stu Grimson. Again, you could probably have Grimson on a few of the lists. Nashville, I'm trying to... Grimson, uh, who else have they had? Uh, Reed Sent- McKenzie, uh, Hordachuk. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, Stu. New Jersey, Randy McKay. I'd say probably in terms of um, longevity, yeah. Very underrated fighter, Randy McKay. Good player, too. Good, solid player. Had a hell of a career. Randy McKay was fucking awesome. Um, I'd encourage anybody to go back on YouTube, do a deep dive of Randy McKay. You won't be disappointed. But I mean, again, you had Peluso, you had Jim McKenzie, Troy Crowder, but I mean, really, I mean, everybody likes to throw Crowder's name out. The guy had one year. I'm not knocking the guy, but let's be honest. If you go back and look at his career, he had the one year run, which was solid without a doubt, but it was one year. Kenny Danico, you want to talk about career longevity? A lot of fights. Reed Simpson was there for a while. You know another guy who doesn't get talked about a lot? 
um, who had who was really strong. I was actually it's funny. I was I was playing an Albany DVD the other day from the '90s, and he was on there quite a bit as a rookie. Christoph uh, Oliwa, he was really good in New Jersey. Big dude, tough guy, man. Go back and watch some Oliwa fights early on in his career. He's a bad dude, man. I don't say. I don't know if I would say he was the toughest guy in the organization of all time, but you know it also depends. I suppose you got to put qualifiers on this list. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, because I mean, there's guys that maybe played there for one year, you know. So you know, it's just you know, again, we're just we're just talking here, right? Um, the Islanders, Fakoda. Well, I mean, for longevity and for the amount of fights, okay, I get where you're coming. Like, I get where you're coming from with the Mick Fakoda pick. Um, in terms of actual fighting skill, uh, I mean, you got Bobby Nystrom and Clark Gillies and Gary Howitt and Bomber and like, even when they played together, I would put Bomber ahead of Fakoda fight wise in terms of like fighting skill. I mean, without a doubt, Mick had a great career, did his job well on the Island, did it for a long time, put up lots of fights. I'm not, you know, nothing against them. If you want to pick him for the Islanders, I'm not, uh, I'm, it's, I don't think, oh, some egregious pick or anything, but. Um, I get it, what you're saying, but I wouldn't have picked him. The Rangers, they picked Koser, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, real old-timers would say Fatio. Domi. Domi wasn't that good when he was coming up. When he was at the Rangers, Domi was very willing and fought everybody, but he certainly got a lot better over the years. Um, Darren Langdon, that was a good pick. That would be a good pick. Um, or not, it should be mentioned, without a doubt. Um, but Coaster, I mean, like I said, you're going to have your, your historians that'll pick for Tio. I've had this conversation on here before and it's no disrespect to Nikki. I've never seen, I, I don't see the appeal of him, but again, that wasn't my time period. So there, I haven't seen, there's not a lot of footage of him out there. Like I hear the stories of him kicking ass in the WHA and blah, 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 and early Rangers stuff that's not out there. Now people that saw him, they, they claim that he was just this killer, um, the videos I have seen, there's a lot of squaring off fights where they get broken up and nothing happens. So there's a lot of posturing. Um, I'm not blaming. It takes two to fight, but but he, but then again, he he looks good in other fights. He looks good. So I don't know. There's just a there's just a to me. I've always said there's just a real lack of a fight card there. Now again, on the other side, the the ones that will argue about that will say, well, no one wanted to fight him. They were scared of him. Mm, I you know. Heavyweight fighters of that time period, I mean, they probably didn't probably didn't look forward to fighting him. But at the same time, you know, like, were they scared of him? Probably not. Like I always say, I mean, I'm sure people weren't lining up to fight Tony Twist and Bob Probert, but they managed to fight hundreds of times, right? So, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, well, I guess it does sound like I'm knocking Nikki, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. But, uh. Next, Ottawa, Chris Neal. Yeah, I would say that. He was there for a long time. I know it's interesting. A lot of people shit on Chris Neal, but if you go back and look, damn, pretty solid. Actually, it was interesting. I was watching uh, what was, um, <clears throat> the Grand Rapids Griffins DVD that I have from the year that Neal was there. He put up like 300 and some minutes, but he fought everybody and like awesome fights too. You know, he had a couple of really good ones with Mel Engelstad and, uh, you know, everybody. And no, I, I don't know. People should, I dig, I dig Chris Neal. I remember those old, uh, the Battle of Ottawa or Ontario there when it was Toronto and Ottawa always in the playoffs and like Tucker and Corson and Webb and all, you know, and 
or not Webb, but Corson, and that was the Islander series as well. But, um, you know, Tucker and, and Corson and Ottawa, and the, they'd be running around and Domi and all of them. And I always kind of felt sorry for Neil because he was like, he was like the lone gunman. But I mean, he never backed down, though. I mean, I dig Chris Neal, so I'm not going to knock him. I mean, Ottawa's had, you know, Kanopka and Karkner and Peluso and, you know, guys like that. But uh, no, I'd, I'd LaRue and stuff, but I, I'd go Chris Neal for sure. Um, it was interesting with Philadelphia next. Um, they said Schultz, the hammer, you know, and I mean, I mean, in terms of enforcement and what he meant to the position and the role. Yeah. You know, but, uh, in terms of actual fighting ability, um, I, you know, I would either say Dave Brown or Ben Wilson, but I mean, the flyers, I mean, you got, you know, you could go on and on, right? You have Baruby in there as well and talk it and, you know, all those guys. I mean, so, um, Holmgren and Bridgman and McElhart, you know, Cochran. There's not, yeah, Glenn Cochran too. Um, you know, so, I mean, the Flyers, it's like pick your poison, right? But, uh, no, I can see why they would pick Schultz. Like, like I said, I don't know. In the article, there was no real criteria. Specific, oh, the best fighter or the one that did the role the best or, there was no specific, you know, um, guidelines, but in terms of, if we're, I'm just assuming they're going by the best fighter. Um, I would say Brown or Wilson. Um, okay. Pittsburgh. Uh, now I will say with this writer, I'm not really sure where he got wall. Rod Buskus was who he put down. Now, come on now, you know, um, now I don't know if this was his attempt at just being, controversial. Now, I'm not knocking Rod Buskis. Hey, I was actually pumped to see Rod Buskis get some ink, but I mean, at best fighter in Penguins history? Uh, no. Not even, I wouldn't even put him in the top ten. But, I mean, although I will say, when I went and I looked at the all-time roster, because that's why I went at HockeyDB on each of these ones and went to the all-time because you forget, right? So you just start scrolling down and seeing names. Pittsburgh had a lot of guys that were like one-year guys. Or half a year guy. You know, like they never stuck around. They were tough. Like you have Goddard and LaRock and all them, but they were there for like one year, right? But I mean, you know, Pittsburgh, you have Baxter, Eric Karens, Goddard, LaRock, Jay Caulfield, McSorley, Gary Risling, you know. Um, I'm not saying Gary Risling was tougher than LaRock or Goddard or anything, but I just wanted to say his name. Um, so I mean, out of that, I mean, I mean, with Edmonton, you already had LaRock listed. So I mean, I guess with Pittsburgh, I don't know. Goddard or Karens, you know, Marty was still really young at that time. So, um, but you know, but not Rod Buskis, um, San Jose, they had Jeff Rogers. Now again, um, in terms of now I, I love, Hey, there's a fellow guest of the show. He was, um, nice guy, family. They're very nice people. Um, I, now is he again, in terms of, uh, longevity and, just career number. Okay, I get why you're picking Rodgers. Was he the best fighter? No. Um, again, Todd Ewan, Link Gates, McSorley, Brant Myers, Jody Shelley, Scott Parker. Um, you know, I would say um, probably all of them actually were better fighters than Rodgers. But uh, in terms of heart, and I always call him the original gangster in San Jose. I could see why they'd list Jeff Rogers. Um, St. Louis, Tony Twist. Yes. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yes. Now, again, you'll have some old time gas off. 
well, okay, um, I'm not arguing, but problem is, is there's just no footage of Gasoff, so it's really hard to make that. So it's really hard to make the the claim that he was the best blues fighter. Um, now, again, historians and old timers will say he was. Um, again, I can't argue with them because I wasn't there, right? So um, I always say a, a lot of times, though, um, ah, history can be uh, revisionist, you know. And uh, but again, who knows? Um, just those that were there to see it, right? So, but uh, Tampa Bay, they had Chaconi. Um, eh. Tampa Bay, there's another team, you know, it seems that like they had one guy for a while, you know, here and there, like one guy a season and in and out, in and out. So, but I mean, you know, Kanopka, um, Sandy McCarthy, um, I would say probably either Rudy Poshek or Andre Waugh, just cause their tenure there was the longest and either, or like both guys, like I'm a fan of both guys. They're fantastic. Um, you know, another name I'm going to throw at you, great, uh, really exciting minor league guy to watch. And, um, and I knew he played in Tampa Bay, but like I said, going through the all-time rosters, I was surprised. He played like 65 games. I didn't think he actually played that many NHL games, but Chris LaPuma, there's a name. If, uh, look that cat up. I got a few of his fights on my YouTube channel from the eye and, um, really solid. Actually, it's interesting. I don't know if I've, I've seen a few of his NHL fights, but I can't, off the top of my head, I can't, I know I've seen them, but I, cause I knew he played in Tampa Bay, but nothing's really standing out in my mind. I'll have to go back after and look at some La Puma NHL fights, but, uh, Toronto, you got Ty Domi. Yep. I can't really argue with that. Um, you know, really, I mean, I mean, I know, I, I know there's some diehards out there yelling Wendell, but mm, I wouldn't say Wendell Clark was a better fighter than Ty Domi, but you know, you have, you know, you know, Bomber and McGill and Tiger and, uh, over the years, but, um, I, yeah, no, I don't mean, uh, Vancouver, they got Tiger Williams. Well, a great player, assault, great power forward. Doesn't get, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Like, I mean, he's the all time penalty minute leader and always a goon, you know, but you look at his stats. I mean, if that dude, if that dude was playing today's game, he'd be making 15 million a year. Um, but, um, in terms of actual fighting ability, Tiger, I mean, fearless and never backed down and fought everybody, but he wasn't a great fighter. Um, like, he was okay, but I mean, I don't, he wasn't putting the fear of God into people or anything, but he never backed down, absolutely. But, I mean, I would say Brashear, or, and, or Ojik, one of the two, but I mean, I would say Brashear. I mean, I have Brashear, and like I said, I'm, I don't, I can't stand Brash. I'm not a Brash guy. Um, but, and, but you got, like I always say, you got to give the cat his due, right? I mean, one of the best, he's in my all-time top 10. I mean, you can't, you can, oh, noogies, and, you know, or whatever. I mean, you can knock his fighting style, and I don't know, he didn't lose many. And especially in Vancouver, when he came into his own there, pretty solid. Um, Washington, they got Baruby. And it was fun, there's another thing, I was, I always think of Baruby in Philadelphia, right? But, I think, would he play five or six seasons in Washington? Again, I was surprised by the number of games he played in Washington. I didn't think he played that many, but... You know, um, again, hard to, how do you disagree with the chief, right? Um, and then, uh, uh Winnipeg, <laughs> they have, uh, befuggling. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, are we talking about when they just moved back to Winnipeg? Is that, but if over the course of the history of the Winnipeg Jets, um, like, befuggling can hit and he's a big guy, but he can't fight. Watch his fights. The dude can't fight, you know. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you got the history of a team. Again, Ty Domi, Gore Donnelly, Jim Kite, Jim McKenzie, Dean Kennedy. I, I just wanted to say Dean Kennedy. I like Dean Kennedy. Um, hell, Sean Cronin. All of them were tougher than Buffalo. But I would probably put Gord Donnelly in terms of for the Jets. But uh, is that it? Yeah. It is all the NHL teams. Well, there you go. That's that article. And again, I will say with the article, I mean, outside of a few picks that were a little eye-rolling and whatever, having read the article and his write-up and stuff, at no time, the guy doesn't shit on fighting at all. And You know, which, you know, from a major, I don't know, major is the right word, but from a media outsource. Like, I've come to the conclusion these days with the, with the way the media portrays fighting and everything else that they're immediately just going to shit all over the guys. So I, I have no usual time for, you know, uh, articles on enforcing and fighting in hockey these days. But, I mean, this one's two or three years old, but even then, um, he doesn't shit on the role. Like I said, a few of his picks were, you know, Buskis and Befuglin and, you know, and stuff like that were a little, uh, you know, laughable. But, I mean... Uh, Overall, though, I mean, I'll give him, he obviously, to come up with some of the names, he obviously researched it, looked into it, like I said, didn't knock any of the guys, so, eh, like some, uh, Drew sensitivity was like, sort of like, you know, you'll either be, find it hilarious or outraged. I don't get, now, I would get outraged if he shit all over these guys, not outraged, that's not the right word, but I mean, you know, how we all get when we, basically, how you get nowadays when you read the hockey news, you're just like, ugh. But, I mean, the hockey news would never do anything like this. Ken Campbell have a stroke before he ever put something like this in. But, um, so, I'll give the guys credit. I'll give the guy credit for uh, at least doing a fight piece. So, but, uh, yeah, there you go, guys. Another, uh, another episode in the can, as they say. Or it might be headed to the can. I don't know. But, uh, uh, well, I am, uh, off to go buy my sports. I was just talking about gambling. There you go. I'm going to go buy my sports select. And, uh, you know, we'll see Baltimore Buffalo in the NFL tonight. I don't know. Well, there's a real part of me that wants to get all over that Baltimore bet, but I, I don't know. I think Buffalo, I got I think Buffalo at home. Well, I think so. I think Buffalo got New Orleans tomorrow. I think beating Tampa Bay, but I mean, if you, if you saw how I finished in the office pool, don't listen to anything I'm saying right now. Um, but, uh, anyway, Big night uh, in uh, in sports, uh, hockey. If you're a hockey guy, I think like there's a ton of games tonight. So I know a lot of listeners will be tuning. Although I get I keep talking because I'm I'm rec- I'm recording the final part of this on Saturday. The other part was yesterday. Um, so, but I keep talking like it's today. But obviously, you're listening to this on Sunday. So we'll see if my Buffalo pick was right at that point. But uh, anyway, guys, we will all. Uh, be done yapping and uh yeah hope everybody's staying safe out there thank you very much for tuning in again fourth line voice on twitter fourth line voice on youtube subscribe to the channel check it out in fact after i'm done recording this i'm gonna go upload some new fights or new to you and uh they're old fights but they'll be new to you and uh other than that guys um not much more to say i will uh I guess we'll be back on Wednesday. I don't know who my guest will be. I don't. I honestly, I don't have any interviews done, so um, I'm gonna have to make a few uh, phone calls, text messages, and uh, we'll see what's happening out there. Hopefully, I can get somebody. Uh, but regardless, I'll be talking to you on Wednesday. All right, guys, have a good day.
And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 